Hello, and welcome to the Mercenary Star Podcast. Today, we are on episode 12, uh, which is also the start of uh, season two, if you will, year two. Uh, this is the first episode of 2024. Super excited to be getting into some awesome stuff today. And so uh, we've got a very special episode and I can't wait to get into it because it's um, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, just to get into it, we are a Battletech podcast highlighting the storied mercenary units in the Battletech universe. Again, my name is Seth, also known as White Fox SG, and I am your host. And today we have a recruitment episode, if you will, uh, as we'll be covering the following questions. What is Battletech and why is now a great time to get into it? And joining me today is my friend and special guest, Sullis, who has these questions. He has never played Battletech. <laughs> he doesn't know hardly anything about it other than the Not things that he's gleaned from me. Um, but uh, he's a good friend of mine. He is in my D&D group, Hearth and Hammer. And he is also uh, in my Star Citizen group. Uh, and it runs a podcast for Star Citizen called Beyond the Verse. We'll have shout outs and links in the show notes. Uh, but before we dive in, uh, who is Sullis? Well, I'm honored. Uh, we'll start <laughs> with that. It's first one of 2024, man. Congratulations. Thank uh, you. To Thank be you. part of episode 12, man. I'm excited to see where this goes. So thanks for having me, period. Uh, but I'm honored to be the first of 2024. So th thanks for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, second, yeah, I have no idea what Battletech even is. I, I, I know like high level back in the 80s. I know it's got 40 years worth of material and lore. And I can't wait to ask you all the questions. Um Absolutely. Yeah, but I guess my backstory, and I'll be very quick here, my origin story. Um, I started creating content back uh, in Wrath of the Lich King in World of Warcraft. Awesome. Um, and if you're familiar, if listeners are familiar, I know you are. Um, one of the hero classes or the new class was like the Death Knight. And so I'm thinking Death Knight, somebody without a soul, soulless. But Solus was already taken, like S-O-U-L-L-E-S-S -S was already yes, taken. So yes. I had to play off of that and became ah, Solus. Very nice. Clever. Classic yeah. gamer tag <laughs> problems, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. So the origin story, I mean, it's from there. From there, I created content for um, SWOTOR, went into Elder Scrolls Online, um, took a break and was... Uh, in D and D with the lore seekers and then new world. Now, yes, I, I host the beyond the verse star citizen podcast. So thanks for the shout out. Yeah, uh, that's, absolutely. that's what I'm currently doing. And again, blessed to be here with you today. Awesome. Uh, and I'm blessed that you get to be a part of my D and D group because yeah. you bring a lot to it and it's a lot of fun. So I haven't died yet. Uh, nope. Nope. Not yet. Uh, we'll have more, we'll have more attempts at it yeah. later. So, <laughs> Uh, okay, awesome. So you kind of gave us like, you know, your the origin of Solus and what video yep. games you've been into. Um, and so what do you know about Battletech? Like, in a <laughs> nutshell, what are the things? Yeah. I, mean, I know it's probably like yeah. slim to none, but like, what are the things you know? And I will say MechWarrior as well, because we'll get into that, but it's the same universe. So 
Sure. Yeah. So when I hear Battletech, and again, for anybody watching or listening, I literally know nothing. So when I think Battletech, when I see it, I recognize the logo. I recognize the name. It's, of course, you know, canon among gamers. But uh, I think like Titanfall, Starcraft, kind of a scientific military mm-hmm. game. Um, and I'm probably insulting everybody by saying that, but that's, it's that's okay. kind of, they'll forgive yeah. you as we get into it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more, uh, but that's essentially it. Again, I know it was in the eighties. Uh, I know it started off, you know, obviously small and now it's in an infinite amount of locations, uh, different play styles. So I just, I've been curious, you and I have talked, um, you yeah. know, on other platforms and I want to learn more. I sincerely want to learn more. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, uh, First, what are some questions that you have brought to the table today? Uh, I want to have you ask those. And then if, or you don't have to ask all of them if you have a couple that you want to lead with and then we can get into it and then you can, we can fill in at the end. Um, But yeah, what are some questions that you have coming into it as a new to Battletech uh, uh, person? Yeah, I think, I think the first one, uh, actually probably the main question I have is it's, it's obviously multi-platformed i mean it's it's video game it's a tabletop rpg oh yeah. i guess my question for you is going back to 1984 what was the original like inception or intent or vision oh, yeah. for the game and then I, I guess this could take the whole podcast but where <laughs> did it develop and why is it in so many different platforms oh we're gonna we're gonna take you on a journey yeah I, I <laughs> absolutely we're gonna start at the beginning um and we're going to hopefully, no, we'll, we'll keep this to like an hour or less, but like, <laughs> but we could talk multiple yeah. hours, but we won't. We won't do that this time. Uh, okay. Uh, in, anything else that you kind of want to learn as you go? Like anything that you're yeah, like, I, I really want to know about this aspect. So, so I think, I think that piece about like its origin, where it is and why it is, uh, the way it is now. Um, secondly, I just now like this year started getting into like the physical model crafting Okay, and I know, and I know that's a thing. And so I guess my question for you, uh, that'd be my second question is like, where does somebody get involved and like, what does that look like? There's a whole culture around that. I think my last question. Yes. (laughs) My last question for you though is where does a newbie enter? I mean, there's 40 years of, of stuff. Yeah. Where would a new person enter? What is the best uh, entry and experience? Yeah. Perfect. No, we'll, we will definitely get into that. So, uh, but with that, let's, let's start with this. Um, as far as a, a kind of visual introduction. So if you are listening to the podcast, I highly recommend that you go check out the YouTube video for this podcast because we're going to watch an intro video to the, I think, 2018 uh, Hairbrain Schemes Battletech video game. And the reason we're doing that, if, you, if you're a Battletech fan, you know. Like, this is one of the best, like, two-minute introductions to Battletech. Because it literally, there's no words, it's just visuals, it's like a very cool painted art style, and it takes you from like, literally where we kind of are now in humanity, all the way a thousand years into the future where Battletech's timeline is currently, uh, exists. So, it's just kind of that explanation. So, we're going to do that. Um, and then we will start with the long explanation of... (laughs) (laughs) Of what is Battletech? So, 
let's switch over to our presentation. All right. Almost, I switched the wrong thing there, but that's okay. Here we go. Uh, okay, so again, uh, episode 12, let's watch the Battletech intro cinematic. Like I said, this is the 2018 Hairbrain Schemes game. Uh, it's on Steam, and it's on Xbox Game Pass. Um, and it's a fantastic turn-based game. So, here we go. Peggy 12. Twenty one sixteen, you know. So I like the uh, I like the art. Yes, really it's fantastic art. Um, uh, yeah. So tell me your thoughts just from that impressions. So my first question is that all like Earth and in the the Milky Way galaxy and it's all that's where it starts. Absolutely. Okay. So it is based in you know reality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's kind of funny because going back and looking at the eighties, the BattleTech timeline goes mm -hmm. from the 80s and so there are things that are uh, in the battletech timeline that obviously didn't happen in the time period that we're in now like sure. the ussr lasts much longer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh you know just to yeah. name a few things uh yeah. and then there's so many other things as well um yeah. but uh yeah it's it's a fantastic timeline starts at earth humanity has launched itself from the stars and is you know, out in um, space, which is called the inner sphere. So, got it. Yeah, I mean, uh, beyond just the cosmetics of like the art and and that presentation. First off, amazing. Um, it looks like there's there's a lot of lore. I mean, in a thousand years, it looks like it covers. Mm -hmm. I saw like giant 
I say robots. Please correct me if the right Max, name. Max, Max's. There yeah, you go. Yeah. And huge mechs like taking over, uh, looks like the entire planet in that one scene. Uh, but it seems like, I'm assuming, is that a collection of all the games and releases and one so, two-minute video? Kind or? of, yeah. So kind so of, essentially, yeah. um, the the thousand plus years of history yeah. for Battletech, sure. um, it's all kind of there, and there's a lot of important timelines and dates in that first thousand years. But sure. really, when the game started in 1984, it started in the year 3000, uh, 3007, 3025, okay. that range. So yeah. all of the stuff before that was Battletech history. Um, and, and even some of that gets expanded as we continue uh, mm. because there are tons of people that love to play. I mean, like I said, the, this game, the Battletech uh, game from 2018, is in like 3025. Mm. Okay. And then uh, there was expansions for it that progress it forward. People have made mods for it to move it forward even further into the timeline. Um, but yes, essentially, uh, there's like, you know, that thousand years kind of, of history because I mean, we're in 2024, so yeah. 30, 24, thousand years. I mean, we're, we're there yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Kind of funny. Uh, but so yeah, everything... so all that before, like that, it was basically showing the, the steps of humanity discovered faster than light travel, uh, which it's called a jump ship. Jump ships are an instantaneous jump. So it's mm. not like hyperspace where it takes time to travel through space it's just an instant jump but it can only go so far Got it. and then it okay. takes like uh 10 days to two weeks to recharge the batteries to basically jump again okay um and then they use uh these other ships called drop ships that take them from the jump ships down onto planets like i said shows shows them spreading throughout and then mechs are um you know 10 meter two-story tall uh, yeah. war machines. They're basically walking tanks. It, it, they move in a more realistic, in, in quotation marks here, realistic yeah. style than, sure. say, like mecha in, in like Japanese anime and stuff like that. So they're okay. not like battle suits that are, that are so honed with the, the pilot that they're moving like a warrior. Got but it. they... Um, but there's still that that kind of ro romanticism of you know a pilot is so good that maybe he can move it in like a, a sure. natural way sometimes. So is otherwise, that as bad, they're is just that like bad tanks. As, as the uh, the Star Wars AT Walker pilots. Like, not that bad. No, no, not that bad. Uh, they're much choppy, much like... better. So there's there's something you know for the battle the science of BattleTech. Uh, two things: uh, fusion technology exists. Yeah. And, um, and so that's what powers most me powers all the mechs and, and then some vehicles and other things. Uh, so fusion, and then, um, there are gyros that help with stabilizing mechs. And basically a pilot puts a helmet on their head. Uh, there's contacts that touch, uh, their head and take the pilot's sense of balance and mm. send it to the gyro. And that's how they can basically stay standing fairly well you know got it um, so everyone has an elon musk Neuralink. kind of their, oh, no tracking. it's it's really just the helmet and like tracking. we'll show you some art later but like the helmets yeah. like especially early art helmets were like these big massive bulky things 
Uh, you can't, you couldn't hardly move your head back and forth, you know, uh, it's like a tiny little visor window. Uh, but yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's fun. Okay. Well, it's awesome. Let's jump in to the history of Battletech. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 40 years Battletech has been around 1984. It was actually launched as battle droids. Uh, however, George Lucas took offense to that and, uh, very quickly, uh, told them, no, I have uh, rights to the word droid. You can't use it. And so, you know, Interesting. uh, the second edition of Battletech was literally the same thing as the first edition. So one year later, it just said Battletech on it instead of battle droids. <laughs> so <laughs> what an interesting um, word to have, have coined, right? Oh yeah. Like, well, I mean, that's, so well, that's the thing, right? Um, <laughs> like Android phones, if you remember, there was yeah. the Motorola Droid. They had to pay George Lucas to use that word. What? Yeah. That's yeah. He owns that. Uh, well, unless he sold it with Star Wars. I don't know. He may not have. <laughs> uh, but they were founded by uh, FASA. Um, and FASA held the IP and owned it till about 2001. And then they sold it to WizKids because FASA mm. closed its doors. Uh, WizKids had it, um, hold on. I may be getting it wrong. There was like WizKids and then there was some fan pro. I may have reversed those though, but basically none of them own it. Now tops actually owns it. Actually, this is, is a really weird bit of trivia. Tops owns all the tabletop IP rights. Okay. Microsoft owns all the video game rights. And then somebody else entirely owns all the like movie rights. Yeah, it's sure. fantastic. Which is why there's not a Battletech movie, honestly. Yeah. You know. Interesting. Um, so, but Catalyst Game Labs is the current IP licensee. Uh, and they started, um, they got it in um, mid 2000s and have kind of relaunched some things in like 2015, I believe. Uh, people are going to yell at me. That's fine. Um, <laughs> and, section. but then, uh, but then, yeah, they, they basically started relaunching box sets. They have updated the, um, the 3d models, the sculpts for the mechs from some of the really old eighties art and then art that was going on in the nineties and, and so on. Yeah. There's a whole big discussion on the legal stuff around the original mech models because they were bought by a from a company in Japan to use in the U.S. while Robotech was using them in basically the Eastern Hemisphere, and they were you know supposed you know big legal stuff happened. They ended up having to change it in the '90s um, and redo the artwork for the original mechs. So if you ever see Robotech, uh, you'll be you might be like wait a second, I'm pretty sure that looks just like a Battletech model because it <laughs> they were. And they were going on at the same time and there's they, they literally did not end legal stuff until 2018, 2019, 2020. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's like 30 plus years. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah. I was going to say, so, I mean, it sounds like a rough, a rough start, right? It was so. like a money grab by the company in Japan that mm. like basically they bought a company that had licensed the mechs to the company that had licensed them to FASA. And then there was this big argument. No, you didn't have the rights to actually license it. Blah, 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 blah. Stupid. We're not even going to go to that. 
Uh, but <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, but to to get back into it, uh, there are all sorts of mediums for BattleTech and MechWarrior, which is also the same universe. MechWarrior is typically the simulator uh, video games, so from from the cockpit, and then BattleTech is usually the top down, whether it's strategy on the tabletop or it's strategy in uh, on a video game. Uh, there's also been, there's a MechWarrior um, pen and paper TTRPG. Uh, but it started in 1984 as a miniatures war game. So if you're looking at the at the presentation, that's the original box set. It came with the hex gridded maps. It came yeah. with the little plastic models and uh, die cutouts. And then that's the rule books and stuff like that. That's where it started. So, so just for my clarity, when you yeah. say like top down strategy, like basically Starcraft, is it that kind of feel yeah similar? To it? Uh, okay. Although Starcraft as a video game is a real time strategy, mm, uh, the yeah. BattleTech game from Harebrained Schemes is a turn based. Got it. Okay. Uh, okay. So it's you know move here, move here, move here, shoot this, shoot this, shoot this, uh, and then you know it plays out a turn, and then you do it again. So like Baldur's Gate or XCOM. Just so, about to yeah, ask. Absolutely. Okay. For current so like reference. Action, bonus action. Okay. <laughs> yes. And there's, you know, okay. in the video game, there is um, things that you can get better initiative. So maybe your pilot goes f- earlier in the turn order, mm. uh, stuff like that. There's, it's, it's, it's a really great game, honestly. And a, a great story too. Yeah. Um, so, but yes, tabletop miniature war game is where it started. Uh, there is the TTRPG, MechWarrior. There was a Battletech uh, TCG, trading card game, that was very similar to Magic in its mechanics. And it was, that was big in the 90s. Um, There's a group that, so it's not in production anymore, but there is a group that's kind of trying to revive it a little bit uh, now. And they've got like print on demand and are even like updating artwork and doing some other. So there's some cool stuff with that. But that was a lot of fun. I have some of those somewhere in my collection over here. So, so what do you attribute the uh, like the ending of that? Because like it, it, you could argue with Pokemon, you know, Pokemon probably. <laughs> oh, you think so? You think like you think it just killed it? Uh, yeah, probably okay. so. Uh, yes and no. I will say that. I'm yeah. sure there there are reasons out there, and if you know why the TCG, uh, you know basically went out of production, please let me know in the comments or, <laughs> uh, you know, social media, whatever. Super interesting. But I, I, growing up um, in the 80s and 90s, uh, I was playing the TCG. I knew Magic the Gathering was yeah. uh, also gaining in popularity during that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a Star Wars one too at the time, but I didn't really have anything to do with that. But then in like... Oh man, I'm trying to think like 96 or seven when Pokemon came to the U S and yeah. started becoming very popular. Um, all of the card games really suffered <laughs> honestly. And so I think game stores probably stopped carrying it. I mean, it was still something that BattleTech fans loved, but yeah. we were not as big as we are now, even though that was a pretty, pretty big IP for the time. Sure. So, 
Yeah, I, I, uh, I, have, I think they're making a comeback. I, this has nothing oh, to do, yeah. you know, with this. But I, you know, Magic's getting into some new Magic and D and D, you know, partner together, and they're creating. There's stuff. a yeah. There's a Magic in Lord of the Rings. There's Magic. Lord, in, yeah, that's uh, right. There's yeah, the, Magic. Wizard of the Coast is partnering with everybody and trying yeah. to 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 grab any anything they can right now. Um, yeah. So I feel like now's the time for, sorry, last thing. I feel no, like now's good. the time for Battletech to come back. Like the, the trading card game seems to be making a, uh, a comeback and that would be, there's no space. Yeah. It's definitely a fan. Type, you know? There's not. Um, yeah, not really. Um, although Star Wars has done a few and they're actually, they are actually launching a new one in a month. Oh, okay. I didn't realize they were still... Yeah, Star Wars is launching a new CCG in a month um, uh, called Star Wars Unlimited. So... Mm. But this is not about that, so... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so... Miniature War Game, TTRPG, uh, Trading Card Game, Video Games, and it's been on every platform, pretty much. Uh, There was a cartoon, it's been comics... Novels, audiobooks, music, uh, and toys, and and more. Honestly, like there's been other things too, but uh, there has been BattleTech has been in everything as far as medium wise. Um, and so yeah, it's been. There's a lot of people that have come in from all the different types of medium. Um, yeah. Currently, there has been. Uh, three wildly successful Kickstarter campaigns. There was a Hairbrain Schemes video game. It was actually a Kickstarter campaign and, uh, like I said, launched in 2018. It raised $2.7 million. Uh, and they had not made a strategy Battletech video game uh, since early 2000s. Then there was the two tabletops from uh, Catalyst Game Labs. There was the Clan Invasion Kickstarter, which raised two and a half million, and then more after the fact. Uh, and then there was the uh, more recent Mercenaries Kickstarter, which launched last year and should be fulfilling in the next, hopefully, six months. Um, and it raised. Here, here. Seth promised. Six yeah. Months. Oh no, they're, they're, they're shooting for, <laughs> for spring. They're shooting for spring, uh, but who knows? 7.6 um, 7. million. 7.6 million, yes. Uh, I think it was in the top, definitely the top 20. I can't remember if they broke top 15 uh, Kickstarters of all time. That's great. Not just game space, but like, yeah, you know. Or maybe that was game space. I don't, I don't know. It's, it was last year. Sure. All those numbers. Still, it's crazy. But yeah, fantastic. Um, also some fun facts. Uh, Barnes and Noble and Target both have exclusive products for BattleTech. Targets was a pretty meaning big grab, guide. meaning uh, box sets of some kind. Box sets, um, okay. yeah. So you can see it, but uh, our listeners, our viewers, cannot. But this is the BattleTech Essentials box. You can pick it up at your local Target in the United States. So it's unfortunately this one is U.S. only, uh, but it's twenty five dollars. Hmm. So. Um, also, uh, so let's mind starting and re- stopping and restarting your video. You froze. Yeah, your your audio is also cutting in and out. Is it? That's fantastic. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it seems like. Yeah, you're coming through super digital. Uh, let's see, we are at 28 minutes, so I'm gonna remember that. All right, let me, let me uh, perhaps jump out and jump back in. Give Perfect. Me, give me one second. Oh, it looks like oh, we're good. You're now. back. You're back now. Yeah. Goodness. Well, I guess it was on my end. Interesting. I don't know. It it's also looking on my end. Uh it doesn't look like it's which I don't know why. So um uh, I think we're good now. Just don't just don't sneeze. Just don't do anything. <laughs> I'm gonna close all don't these move. other windows here. That's what that's that's what that's yeah. what's happening. So uh we are professionals, folks. Um <laughs> This is our first time ever recording a podcast. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, yeah, so, so Barnes & Noble. So let me, real quick, I did not hear yes. your response on the exclusive. Oh, product. perfect. So, okay, so Barnes & Noble yeah. and Target. Uh, so Barnes & Noble has had exclusive box sets. Um, they had. They didn't have a full box set. They had a what's called a force pack, and it was a set of four miniatures. Uh, with pilot oh, cards okay. and so um they got that uh, a few years ago mm. it is their their first exclusive set is now available at other places but they have a new one that coin that launched uh at the same time as the kickstarter last year mm. uh so they have another one uh but then target said we want a box set that can be um everything you need to play and is exclusive to us. I don't. We don't know yet how long the exclusive exclusivity with Target is supposed to last. Um, but this is it right here. Uh, this is the BattleTech Essentials box, and uh, you can get it for uh, from Target for twenty five bucks, uh, unless it's on sale, which is then even cheaper. But it comes with. Um, Two plastic miniatures. Now we're having problems again, aren't we? <laughs> we are. <laughs> Goodness gracious. It's Discord is what it is. So is your bottom of your video connected? Is it going red or green? Is which one? So, yeah. So the bottom left where it says video connected, it has yeah. like on Discord. Was it showing red or green just then? Oh, no. It's like gray. It's like struggling at the moment. I wonder what's going on. I don't know, because the server is definitely boosted. <laughs> <laughs> so I should not be having problems. It may be having a problem with the uh, me showing that box off. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, honestly, because, you. yeah. <laughs> I, won't, I won't do that again. But anyway, that box set is available at Target. If you missed it for $25, but here's the kicker. There is a coupon in the Battletech Essentials box for $20 off the Catalyst Game Labs website. Mm. So not 20%, $20. So that's great. That covers most of uh that could cover any of the some of the books, that could cover one of the force packs. Uh the force packs are between 20 and 35 bucks. Um and so yeah, it, you know, that's essentially like a $5 investment. And then whatever you spend on there. So, yeah. But uh, what I was saying again, it's two plastic miniatures. It's got maps. It has the record sheets, which are 
like D&D character sheets. And so that's the difference between like Battletech and 40K. Uh, well, so now now we actually kind of have multiple modes for tabletop Battletech. Mm-hmm. But traditional classic Battletech, and classic is what the traditional Battletech is called, uses a record sheet that is a full 8.5 by 11, and it's like a, a D&D character sheet. You've, okay. got an, you've got an armor diagram. Uh, you fill in, you roll to see where you get hit. If you get your mech gets hit in the arm and then you, you know, take off damage and then eventually you like, you know, go through the, through the armor and start doing damage to the internals and you destroy weapons and maybe hit ammo and make it explode. And, uh, you know, you could, you know, hit the pilot, blow the head off. You know, there's, <laughs> you could, you could do so much damage. You knock it over, you could blow an arm off. You could go over and pick up the arm and then go beat him with it. I mean, it, you can literally do almost anything, um, in the tabletop game. And so it's a lot of fun. Um, then there's another version of it called alpha strike. We'll touch on that in a minute. Sure. Uh, it hasn't been out as long, but it is a faster paced, and instead of using a full page record sheet, it has some like little cards that you use. And those cards have um, truncated stats, uh, essentially. And so it's meant to play with, it's meant to play with like a larger force uh, and take less time. Got it. Okay. So yeah, that's a difference. Like, you know, you've seen Warhammer where it's like, you've got a 2000 point army yeah. and you've got a hundred minis on the table. And it's really impressive, but it's also super expensive to get into. <laughs> Can't uh, even imagine. Battletech, I mean, I mean, literally, so also in the box set um, that I showed you a second ago, uh, there are also the cardboard standees. Cardboard standees okay. or paper standees that are from official Catalyst box sets or even from their print-on-demand stuff, uh, they're legal even in tournaments. You don't have to have painted minis for official tournaments. You can use those according to their uh, rules. Now, that may change in the future, but those are all permissible. Uh, There are are people online who have 3D models that will 3D print them. And Battletech, as a community, is pretty open to it. But for official tournaments and stuff like that, those are not allowed, necessarily. Mm. Uh, And we like to support you know, the product because we want more product. So yeah, um, makes total sense. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, you could technically put down like glass beads and play a game of Battletech with it, uh, you know, use it for different units or infantry or, or tanks because it's not just mechs. It's full range uh, combined arms, you know, military uh, tactical battles. So oh, very cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, sorry, we're kind of slowing down here for a second, but um <laughs> Phil Spencer, in a recent interview after uh, the EA Activision buyout, um, talked about uh, Mech Assault, which was the Xbox and console version of Mech Warrior, uh, as being an IP that he would love to to bring back. Because somebody was like, "What? What's one that you would love to bring back?" Because um, there was uh, some Mech Assault games on the Xbox and um, even like Game Boy Advanced. Oh wow! Um, so yeah, and there was yeah, exactly. There there <laughs> was there was uh, Super Nintendo MechWarrior games, BattleTech games. Really? There was PlayStation games. Yeah, so yeah, goes back. Um, PC obviously was the first video games, um, and so yeah, there's it's been around uh, for sure. Yeah. 
and then also to uh, right now, the current games are that BattleTech game we watched the intro for. There is MechWarrior Online, which is a free to play, just kind of arena uh, simulator game for you know uh, being a MechWarrior. And then there's uh, MechWarrior 5, which is the most recent MechWarrior game. And um, it's on Game Pass as well, Steam. Uh, and so you can, if you have Game Pass, you can try it out. So Yeah. Uh, and they're coming out with a new version of it um, for the Clan Invasion, which is a big thing in the Battletech timeline. Yeah. Uh, in a, you know in the next year or two. So, well, if I may like that, I wish more games did that. Like, like how many times do you start a game and you're like, man, I really wish there was like a tabletop module. I really wish there was like X, Y, Z. And it sounds like this is like covering the gambit. I mean, it's, it's absolutely. And there are, there. there are digital tools for playing the tabletop games online as well. There are, um, tabletop simulator on steam there are several mods for both Mm. classic so so there there are mods or or, yeah for tabletop simulator modules that's what they're called yeah for not only the classic game but also alpha strike uh and the card game to play virtually in tabletop simulator and then there's a a tool called mega mech which is just biotech classic but it has the tools to even run like campaigns and stuff. Because the thing about Battletech is that it's absolutely a war game. You can yeah. sit down across from each other, just duke it out. You know, uh, you can also have objectives. But one of the things where it shines is that you can actually go through a campaign, much like a TTRPG. Mm. And you can, you know, keep track of your forces and keep track of damage. I mean, you can get very granular with it. Um, so it's a lot of fun, but, um, but yeah, and MechWare online, I've actually like a bunch of the podcast, uh, creators and a whole bunch of other people have started having like Friday night, uh, game nights for MechWare online recently. So it's been a resurgence of my own (laughs) to get back into that game. So, and what and what is that again? Because when you say arena, I'm thinking like Magic the. Gathering I say arena. arena. So so MechWarrior MechWarrior is all the um, simulation games. So okay, you're correct. sitting in the cockpit of a mech. Correct. Uh, you can configure the mech different ways, but it is an action. You know, it, it is a simulation shooter game. Essentially, you're in a mech. It's not fast like a shooter, because sure. some of them are slow and pondering. Some of them are light and fast and scouts. Um. But yeah, it's a simulation. So, got it. A lot of fun. Okay, so now we're going to jump into the uh, the lore a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to cover everything, but yes, the lore honestly is again one of the greatest strengths of BattleTech. It's absolutely fantastic. There has been books. Uh, there's been over a hundred novels. Um, there has been comics and novellas um, and and uh, collections of short stories in omnibuses, uh, as well as the current iteration of that, which is called Shrapnel, and it's a magazine of fiction that people submit, and then it goes through a process and becomes part of the lore, becomes part of the canon. 
Um, and they're short stories, essentially. You know, usually they're not, usually they're not um, affecting large events. Sure. But it's it would be like if you and I created a, a little homebrew campaign for BattleTech in this side of the universe on this planet, um, you know. Now they say could, don't. Could now they say don't do that. Don't try to put yourself into it. Create a good, unique story. But yeah. that's essentially what it is. You know, you yeah. have an idea in your head. You've got some characters. It could be about, um, uh, you know, a technician on a on a jump ship, just trying to live his life. You know. And then there's, and then there's uh, some of the tales are of a bar where people come in and tell stories, hmm. and that's literally you know one of the modes through which the lens through which they tell some of the stories there. Sure. Um, but yeah, about- anyone can sub anyone can submit, uh, you know, and obviously it has to go through the process. But anyone can submit to Shrapnel, and uh, if it's good enough, it gets published. So tracking so so shrapnel is like short story submissions mm-hmm. this 100 published novels is that is that all licensed those were like or is that fan fiction as well no, those were all licensed those were wow. commission commissioned those were given to authors with yeah. a story in mind so like i said Baltech started in 1984 yeah the first novel uh was a decision at thunder rift so if you're looking at the fiction slide in the presentation. Yeah. Uh, it came out in, well, goodness gracious. Now I'm forgetting 1986, I believe. Let me just make sure of that so that people <laughs> don't yell at me. There is a, <laughs> there is a, uh, ex- exhaustive Battletech wiki called Sarna. Okay. Uh, it's Sarna.net. Um, yeah, I'm digging that paint job though on that, on the cover. Yes. Yes. Like and a, there's, so this is the funny thing. There's four covers on there. Those are all the same book. That's just throughout oh, the years. Che- yeah. I didn't even check that. Yeah. Okay. So the, the most recent is the bottom, right? The first is the top left. Got it. Uh, and I do love the paint job too. The kind of white with yellow. Yeah. Um, it's almost like line stripes or. Yeah. So. Uh, 19, yeah, I was right. 1986. So that's when the fiction started. So before that, there was a short, um, booklet in the original box sets that had information on the worlds, had a little bit of, uh, some story stuff coming out about it. And then it had like, uh, five mercenary units that were part of it. And there was like a paragraph of fiction about each one. Uh, and the, and, and more. And then in 1986, uh, Decision at Thunder Rift came out, and it was the introduction. It is the the beginning of Battletech fiction. Um, and they are still some of the best books um, to get started into the Battletech universe. It's a trilogy, and it is a small lens of which to look at Battletech. It is about one guy, the troubles that he goes through. He starts a mercenary unit starts with like three or four mechs um, and then the struggles that he goes through uh, to keep the unit together, uh, to avoid destruction, things that happen in the world. And then there's another trilogy that came out uh, late 80s, early 90s called the Warrior Trilogy. And that trilogy is often looked at as the um, best starting point to look at the universe as a whole. Because it talks about 
all the major factions and the rulers of those factions and the orchestrating of things that are happening happening within the universe of Battletech, which is known as the Inner Sphere. And Battletech is, at its heart, a Game of Thrones. Mm. Because uh, the, yeah. with that intro video that we watched earlier, it, uh, you know, humanity rose. There's like lots of cool history and lore you can read to get to that. They, they founded the Star League, which was like the pinnacle of peace and success. Granted, the Star League was founded because they conquered a whole pretty much everybody uh besides you know besides <laughs> the one besides the periphery which if you're looking yeah. at the map uh, is the outskirts of humanity and then the star league fell apart <clears throat> and when the star league fell apart there were five great houses those five great houses all said well we deserve to be <clears throat> we deserve to be the head of the star league and claim the title of star lord you know kind of thing and they all said no you can't be it no you can't be it and so then it started 400 plus years of war called the succession wars got it uh so but i have bullet points so let me read them because uh before i get too ahead of it <laughs> uh <laughs> humanity leaves earth and colonizes the stars in 2103 so you know 100 years from now it would be like oh yeah they leave now granted in the battletech timeline fusion power is like already developed by 2024 um the Star League was created in 2571. That was in the in the video. The Star League Ameris Civil War in 2766 is what uh, began the breaking of the Star League. In 2784, the um, is when basically the the Civil War ended, and then the head of the Star League army, uh, General Alexander Kerensky, who's a very important person in Battletech uh, lore. He basically took most of the Star League army, not all of them, but most of them, and he left. He just trucked it out of known space, jumped okay. out into the unknown, and no one heard from him. So then we had about 400 years of civil war called the Succession Wars, Game of, Game of Thrones in space, space yeah. before Game of Thrones, obviously. Uh, but it's awesome because it's a very human story, right? Like the sure. whole thing about Battletech, it's a very human story. It's not sci-fi. It's not science fantasy like Star Wars. Uh, it's not the clean cut sci-fi with aliens that is Star Trek. Sure, it's a very human centric story. Uh, and it so, seems yeah, like a feasible, a feasible future. Absolutely, absolutely. There's obviously certain liberties with science, like fusion, <laughs> yeah. and you know the yeah. fact that a two-story, 100-ton mech wouldn't just sink into the ground instead of walking. Right. Uh, there's right. there's issues there, you know, but we just don't think about that. Complications. Uh, so, yeah, so basically from 2786 to 3030 was the, were the succession wars. There was four succession wars. They lasted uh, many decades uh, each. And then in 3050, we had the clan invasion. And... Uh, Spoiler alert, General Kerensky's descendants came back. <laughs> they basically went off for 400 years. They started their own society. They became known as the clans, uh, where he basically, they've, in order to survive, they formed a rigid caste system where warriors are on top, might makes right, and um, even starting like the, which, something crazy, you think like 
eugenics programs where like warriors were bred and then, you know, born in, in, in labs, uh, and you know, pinnacle of humanity, kind of like idealistic stuff. Right. Also kind of messed up, (laughs) but we all kind of like them too. Not everybody, but a lot of people still like them. Uh, they invaded the inner sphere. Their technology was crazy high. Uh, they, because they went off and developed all this technology. Whereas in, in the inner sphere, during the succession wars, everyone basically bombed each other almost to the stone age, but with mechs still. Uh, and so there's a kind of romanticism that a lot of people there, there is a large group of people still that only want to play in the 30, 25, 30, 30 timeline because they want to use the original, uh, old school tech. They like the, like the whole thing with mechs during that time were that they were so old, they were hundreds of years old that they were handed down through noble houses. And we had basically the entirety of the inner sphere was like a, uh, neo feudalism. So you've got nobles and their kids, you know, they they are, they are the mech warriors and maybe they have enough money and clout that they have a, a unit of mechs, whether it's four mechs or 12 mechs and they have pilots for them. And all of those pilots are basically, you know, raised up in society. That's cool. Uh, like I said, very kind of feudalistic. Uh, and so it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Also, because of the Civil Wars, people know how to repair mechs, but they don't know really how to make them. Mm. Uh, in, during, in the 3025 era. They know how, there's like a few factories that still produce jump ships, but the science of how to actually develop them, no one knows, you know, kind of thing. Uh, and then, like I said, the clans invade. They've got so much better technology. Uh, they're just, it's crazy. Uh, and they are, it takes a while before the inner sphere is able to withstand them and start to defeat them. Uh, but the clans also come with this like rigid sense of honor. They like to do honor duels. And, um, and they would come in and say, uh, we're going to attack. Who are you defending with? And so they would say, well, I've got a, a regiment defending this planet. And the regiment could be combined arms or it could be 36 mechs. You know, or the 36 mechs would be a battalion. It could be 108 mechs. Um, and so they would say, okay, well, well, we'll bid with each other and we'll come in with like half that because our technology was so good that they could literally come in with half that and still wipe hmm. the floor with them. So. Sure. Question <laughs> from yeah. the audience. <laughs> I got many. I got many questions. I was sure. So, so, so the clan invasion. Um, you you said the general Alexander. I didn't get the last name. Karinsky. 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 Yes. Karinsky. So he himself didn't come back four hundred years later. It's no, no. It was just the okay. descendants. I didn't know if they invented like some sort of. So it's no. They didn't. They did not. And in fact, the in the clan society. Average lifespan is much shorter because if you don't die in battle, you're a failure almost. Mm, And so if you make it to old age, uh, you're either really good or you're a failure. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're not really good, they have ways to basically say, okay, if you're really good, then you've basically survived. And because they grow the next generation in a, in a lab and raise children communally as the warrior cast, 
Sure. Uh, they don't give them last names, and they use the genetic the genetic material from each previous generation to improve upon it. And so then you have to earn a surname, and only they only have so there's like twenty five spots. They're called blood names. There's twenty five spots in a blood name house, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so there's only twenty five people who would have the last name Kerensky. Got it. Got it. Or there'd be 25 people that have some other last name. And each clan has, you know, 20 or 30 names that they allow to go forward. Now, of course, not everyone in the clans does that. That's just the warrior cast. The scientists, sure. the traders, the um, local government, stuff like that, they are all still normal society, basically living under the clan caste system. Sure. Uh, so super yep. complicated but but because of that um there are Kerenskis and they yeah. have you know there are uh all these other people that when they return and they finally allow people to know their last names yeah. uh they're like oh my gosh like that's this person's named Kerensky how how are they named Kerensky you know <laughs> um stuff like that me, so it makes me think and there's i think there's uh, a lot of stories that kind of sort of relate to this, but it makes me think of Metal Gear Solid, right? Because like you, okay. you find yeah. out Solid Snake, um, all the enemies you've been fighting come from his bloodline and it's an effort to like create yeah. this ultimate soldier. And that's just interesting. Very much. Yeah. That's very much the, the clan's way of doing things. And so yeah. they test to be warriors in their teens and, yeah. um, you know, and, and, like I said, if once you like you're when you're in your thirties, it's like in the clans, you are now old. Yeah. And past yeah. your prime in your thirties. Yeah. But in the inner sphere, it's more normal society. Sure. You're just hitting your prime in your thirties. Yeah. Like you've had a military career and you've, right. you know, moved up the ranks and maybe you're in command of, you know, twelve mechs and an infantry division yeah. and a tanker, you know, division, you know. So Sure. Much different. Then that makes me think of like the Vikings in Valhalla, right? Like, oh it's yeah, an honor oh, there... to die early, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, there is a Valhalla there as well. Oh, is there? The <laughs> it's <laughs> nice. There's so there's also a game world called Solaris. This is a tangent. I did not plan to talk about this. There's a game <laughs> world called Solaris, sure. and the the essentials box that I showed a minute ago. It is actually based on Solaris, and it's like gladiatorial combat. Most often one V one, um, you know, people do die sometimes, but most of the time they don't, but it's like, you know, broadcast all over the inner sphere. And there is a club, a bar called Valhalla and all the greatest okay. warriors basically have seats at the table in Valhalla kind of thing. So it's yep. more fun, you know, and that's <laughs> another th- cool thing too about Battletech is that because it is based on humanity each one of the different houses will have like a major culture based on a culture from earth or Terra. Mm. Um, But they're also all a little bit of a melting pot. And so you've got uh, the Draconis combine, which is ruled by house Kurita and they are very much based on Japanese feudal Japanese culture. Mm. But there are also, you know, uh, people of Nordic descent and there are people of mixed races and nationalities that are part of that society. It's not just Japanese, uh, you know, 
uh, ancestry, essentially. And then there's one that's very much like the uh, Germanic, Anglo-Saxon kind of. And then there's one that's like a, um, yeah, Base, like I said, it, it covers everything. And then individual planets could be different uh, cultures and, and, you know, things like that too. So there's so much room. It's a big diverse world. Uh, and like I said, kind of like, kind of like star Wars where you could land on a planet and have a completely different, cool story yeah. and atmosphere. Uh, same with Battletech, Very but cool. just humans. Yeah. Uh, so 3050 was a clan invasion that was, uh, happened in like the early 1990s is when it happened in our world. Um, and so going up to our year 2000, as far as the product took us through the civil war, there was a civil war between two nations that had joined together and then brother and sister were kind of fought and tore it apart, had a civil war. And, uh, when that happened in real life, that was when, uh, 2001 FASA shut their doors, sold the IP and so then the people who took over after that said, well, we want uh, we want a refresh. So let's move forward 80 years. <laughs> and we're like, what, okay. what's going on? <laughs> like, uh, who are these characters? Where are the characters that we knew and loved? Like, yeah. you didn't even write to tell us what happened with them. Like, we just ended on a cliffhanger, a you know? Reset. And so, so, yeah, there was this hard reset. A lot of people dropped off. We call them the Dark Ages. They also literally call them in the novels, the dark ages. Mm. Um, but there was a civil war. Um, there was something called the word of Blake, which were started as um, this kind of techno religious group. Uh, and they basically had a crusade. There's a word that we uh, on YouTube try not to use very often. It starts with the J uh, you can kind of guess what that is, but there's, you know, they, there was this crusade. Everyone was against them that lasted a few years. And then, like I said, timeline, as far as the fans were concerned, it jumped forward from 3081 to 3130, 3140. Um, but catalyst did a really good job of bridging the gap, backfilling a little bit. Uh, we also didn't have novels for a long time. They were just kind of, um, <clears throat> giving us fiction in the source books okay. um, because there was real life things happening with printing <laughs> with, with printing books uh, at the time um, that we've now know about, but we didn't at the time. Uh, and so there was just, it was hard to get things printed and shipped out. So that's interesting. But yeah, so in current timeline, we're at 3150. It's called the ill clan era. And we have enough fiction that we all kind of know where we're at now. <laughs> we know what happened to a lot of those characters uh, and stuff like that. So that's the full hundred years of lore that we have consumed over the last 40. So where would you say the majority of books lie? Um, so like just scattered throughout all of the this, majority or? of them. And I would say about 70 of the books uh, you, there was a bundle on humble bundle recently and it was like mm -hmm. the first 65 or 67 books. Wow. And they were, um, you know, kind of called legacy books or legends books. 
and it was from 3025 to 3067, 30, 30, whatever. And okay. then the Dark Ages started, uh, and yeah, they moved forward. So, but we still had 40 or 50 books there as well now at this point. Um, it just covered more time because we had 60, 70 books that covered a basically a 25 to 30 year period. Yeah. And then from there, it was a very slow start too. Uh, like there's some of those dark age novels that the fans really did not like. Um, and it was just, it, it was like I said, it was a rough period for the, for the IP. Sure. <laughs> so almost like um, it was a dark age. It was a dark age. Absolutely. <laughs> Pun intended. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to hurry through because we're <laughs> at, at an hour. We could talk forever, buddy. We could. Uh, okay, <laughs> products. There are the Essentials box from Target. Um, all the box sets are kind of like this box. But they started with the Beginner Box and a Game of Armored Combat. Beginner Box is also $25. Same setup. Two mechs, maps, rule books, uh, truncated rule book. Then there's a Game of Armored Combat. Uh, it's uh, $60. Usually you can get it for about $45 on Amazon. It comes with eight mechs, two maps, and uh, a little bit more detailed rules. Mm. Uh, Clan Invasion was kind of an add-on to the Game of Armored Combat. Um, came with five mechs, which in Battletech you've got um, the break, the military breakdown, like the, you know, T-O-N-E breakdown in the inner sphere is four mechs as a lance, three lances as a company, three companies as a battalion, and three to five. Three to five companies, three to five, uh, you know, uh, are, are a battalion, and then three battalions are a regiment. When the clans came in, they were like, no, nah, we're not going to do that. We have a unit of five, and it's called a star. And so they, have, they would have five you know, military units. It could be five mechs. It could be five mechs. Another thing the clans introduced was battle powered battle armor. And because they also genetically bred infantry to be bigger, stronger, faster, crazier. Uh, Is this like, like halo type? Oh yeah. Powered armor. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, um, yeah, like they're called in the clans call them elementals and they're, you know, probably two feet taller than you and I mm. and uh, or three feet taller. Even they're massive, uh, but very fast, quick. Like I said, genetically bred over 400 years. Uh, and then they wear this battle armor and they're a little insane. They will jump on mechs. <laughs> they will rip holes in it. They will shoot, you know, joints. Uh, but they also, because they're in this powered battle armor, they do have a few uh, mech powered weapons that can actually fight against mechs. Uh, but so, there's con- but there's conventional infantry, there's yeah. tanks, uh, motorized infantry, VTOLs, aerospace, or you know fighters. Like yeah. all of it is part of BattleTech. I feel like I feel like this podcast is like longer than we expected because I keep interjecting. No, 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 it's uh, fine. So it's it's my fault. But what I'm doing. My is longest like, was like an hour and forty minutes, so we're okay. <laughs> Let's go. Challenge accepted. Um, the way my brain operates, because again, this is all new to me, and I'm kind of soaking it in, right? I had to relate it to something I already know. And like right now I'm thinking Titanfall 
right? Mm-hmm. Like you, when you said running around, jumping on Max and kind of doing that thing, I'm thinking like the Titanfall game. Yeah. 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 Uh, as far as like infantry attacking them, absolutely. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the Titans are mechs essentially. Yeah. Uh, loved that game. Fantastic game. Yeah. The first one. Um, yeah. Second one was good too. It just wasn't, <laughs> you know, what we all wanted. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, except, you know, those Titans are, are still not that big. You know, again, mechs are upwards of 10 meters tall. They go from 20 tons to 100 tons. Yeah, huge. Yeah. Um, and there's hundreds of them, honestly. And then there's different configurations for each one. There could be three to 10 different configurations for each mech. Uh, and, you know, just like you look at technology in our world, like, oh, you know, the U.S. was creating these tanks. Well, now they sold these tanks to another country, and those tanks are being made in that country now. You know, it's a little bit older, but maybe they tweaked them and they brought them up to try to be current, you know, tech spec. But they changed a few things, like they put a laser where a missile rack was or something. You know, it it could be any of those things. So Sure. And that's part of what makes it fun, too, because you can customize mechs. Like, they have rules in the rulebook to make your own or to completely <laughs> customize it. And there's rules for construction and you have to follow like, well, you can only have, you know, this is your tonnage limit for a medium mech. Yeah. This is, you know, the engine size you can put in it. This is the weapon, you know, this is the limitations. There's also heat, you know, a fusion engine creates heat. Imagine that mm-hmm. weapons firing, create heat. Uh, imagine that uh, yeah. you have to limit your heat or you cook yourself alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, makes little sense. There's, like I said, it's uh, the one of the coolest things too. Though, even though there's been rules that have expanded, unlike Warhammer, the rules have remained the same for the most part since 1984. Um, unlike, like I said, Warhammer, they change rules like every two or three years, and right. and those rules can't be played anymore in official play. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you could find BattleTech books at a used bookstore and they are going to be probably 90% accurate. Oh, that's cool. That's uh, cool. yeah, it's fantastic. So that's one of the, one of the issues I had with magic, the gathering is when I first got same into magic, thing, right? Same thing with of, card yeah. games. A lot of the cards were nulled. Yeah. That, and that's why I, as I grew up and was like, man, I not need to be spending this kind of money on collectible cards <laughs> That's right. because you know, a, a new set would come out and then you're not uh, supposed to play with them anymore. Right. Yeah. Uh, Again, Battletech has been the advantage in that it doesn't have that. You can still play with mechs, like plastic and metal, because there's metal miniatures as well. Um, there's a company that does them in metal as opposed to in the resin. So, cool. But yeah, there's another box set called Alpha Strike box set that's recent. It's 80 bucks, but it comes with 13 mechs. And it also comes with cardboard buildings and trees. Because... Oh, neat. Um, Classic Battletech using a hex grid uh, and the record sheets has you know been the game since 1984, but Alpha Strike is about somebody's going to correct me, but man, 20 years old in its uh, entirety. And it, like I said, it uses smaller cards. You don't have the full iron. You don't have the full armor diagram. Instead, you just have like, oh, I've got like six points of armor and three points of health. And so instead of controlling one to four mechs, maybe, and playing a game over two or three hours, you could probably, you know, a lot of people will control 12 or 15 mechs 
and they'll play it in, you know, 90 minutes to two hours kind of thing. Very cool. Uh, both versions can be played on tables with terrain. You know, there are rules for both. Yep. Um, but Still Alpha Strike... So, so classic, so Alpha Strike is not. Alpha Strike is more like Warhammer and other games mm. where you have a tape measure and you say, oh, well, they can move 18 inches. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's, like I said, it, it's meant to be faster paced, Dragon. meant to be picked up easily. Some people argue that it's easier to pick up. I tend to think that the classic is easier to pick up. One, I grew up with it. But two, even for kids, it's a lot easier to understand uh, how to move on a map, like a hex grid, and say, okay, I have one, two, three, four movement points, takes a movement point to turn, and then another movement point to, to you know, continue on. 100%. Um, also, too, you know, it's a little easier because kids can't understand the nuance of strategy, which you can get <laughs> a lot more into when you've got 15 mechs as opposed to two. Yeah, so. that's right. But they're both awesome games. They both have massive following. Um, and so, yeah, they're, they're fantastic. And most places around the country and the world play both. So very interesting. Um, and then force packs, you can buy mechs individually. You can buy them in these force packs of four or five. Um, and they're, like I said, there's hundreds of mechs out there. Um, let me show some of that product. Sorry. I have slacked on my presentation because we were talking about the lore. Uh, now I'm showing you a map of the inner sphere. Um, like I said, there's the five great houses. Um, I love how they're this, called houses and you made the reference to game. Of yes. Thrones. Like I told you a... this predates game of Thrones, but they are called houses. Yeah. Well, they're, they're nations, but then the rulers of those nations are called houses. So you've got house Davion, which is, uh, the federated sons. Uh, like I said, and, and even within there's factions within factions within factions. Sure. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, here are all the different version box sets leading up to when Catalyst game labs took over. Um, and then actually they did a couple of those too. Um, and then these are the box sets that are currently in print. Uh, there's two beginner box sets, Game of Armored Combat, Clan Evasion, Essentials Box, and Alpha Strike. And um, make sure I'm not missing one. Uh, no, I think I got them. So, uh, but again, you know what we talked about too, like Battletech history and fiction are fantastic. And the artwork is also amazing. Um, yeah, I was kind of love the artwork. The artwork. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fantastic. This piece and the one after it, it's actually kind of one piece, but um, this was like the central piece for the Mercenaries Kickstarter, which okay. launched last year. Hence the name, big focus on mercenaries. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because there are hundreds of mercenary units across the inner sphere and all yeah. the governments and, you know, from the, the great house governments to a local planetary government may hire mercenaries. Uh, and so there's a thriving mercenary market. Uh, and so it's pretty cool. I would, I would definitely take a mouse pad. These look like mouse pads. Oh yeah. That'd be fantastic <laughs> as mouse pads. Right. Yeah, that'd be sick, man. Um, but yeah, these are some of the mercenaries. And then here, as to your question earlier, here are some of the miniatures. So cool. Um, that so people cool. have painted. Now these definitely are some of the 
top tier professional yeah. painted. Uh, these actually, these two specifically are actually by uh, a, f- a friend in one of my uh, communities uh, who goes by Brushido. Uh, he's one of the professionals. He does a lot of stuff for Catalyst even, uh, yeah. but they're fantastic miniatures. Um, That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, these are two others that have, um, so that the one on the right, the red and white one, that is mm-hmm. one of the miniatures in the Battletech Essentials box. Okay. Uh, and it's the Solaris, you know, uh, gladiator- gladiatorial paint scheme for that mech. It's a it's a famous mech in Battletech lore. It's called yeah. Yin, it's called Yin Lo Wang. Um, the pilot for it was the Solaris champion, mm. and uh, and yeah, he was famous for having a medium mech, but he had replaced the normal cannon in the right arm with a bigger cannon. And so, <laughs> you know, it was, it was, it was really cool in the lore. Yeah. And then the one on the left is, uh, is a commission that looks like one of the source books paint schemes that was, uh, sure. from, from the nineties. So kind of details incredible. Yeah. They're fantastic. And oh. they're, you know, they're not as detailed as say Warhammer miniatures. Um, if you buy them in metal, or if you buy the premium plastic ones, you do have to construct them a little bit. But at most, it's going to be leg, leg, torso, arm, arm, you know, kind of thing. Uh, it's not quite the same as like Warhammer, where you've got like super detailed stuff. Yeah. Because the scale is six millimeters, meaning a human is six millimeters mm. to the scale of these mechs. The mechs themselves are anywhere between 20 to 35 millimeters. Uh, sure. in size so sure yeah those are incredible yeah so that is the product there are like i said there are games uh, i don't have images of the video games but they started in the 90s there were a couple of games called crescent hawks um deception and crescent hawks revenge they're very 8-bit awesome graphics uh, but again, managing a mercenary unit. And then in, there was MechWarrior 1, which was the first one that actually have three-dimensional graphics. There was polygons. We had a few polygons. Uh, <laughs> uh, nice. And I played a ton of MechWarrior 1 in the yeah. 90s because we had three computers in my house. Uh, my mom ran a business out of our home, and me and my friends would sit at each of the computers we weren't we weren't networked together necessarily with MechWarrior One because we were playing off floppy disks, but we were all playing together in the same room and it was so much fun. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, with Windows ninety five, we had MechWarrior Two, and that was put out by Microsoft, yeah. and you could actually connect and play multiplayer. Um, that's still a fan favorite, but yeah, we're up to five now. Um, as far as the MechWarrior games, there was, like I said games for PlayStation and Sega and uh Nintendo and Xbox and yeah it's a uh, such a rich universe uh of yep. products so um any other questions before we kind of wrap it up no i, I don't i don't think questions i i think like i am a huge and you know me we're mm-hmm. we're, we're in long time for absolutely for me, like the lore is why I do things. It's mm-hmm. the why I play. It's the why I stick with it. Um, so the fact that that this is forty years worth of it, it sounds pretty intri- like intricate. It sounds pretty deep. Sure. And, like a well-rounded. And it lore, sounds so. daunting. 
but I promise it's it's not hard to what? get into. <laughs> when you said sixty five books, I'm like, uh, that's just the They're just the legends, the yeah. old ones. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh my god, I don't know if I could read that in a year or not. But uh, man, but, yeah, I, I think that's exciting, right? Yeah, it's, it gives me reason to kind of you know uh, go. And, and and I will say this: the one thing I absolutely will commit to you and all your listeners and viewers. I'm being, being serious. I'm committing right now. I will absolutely start reading the books like that. Yeah. That is something that um, that's what I'm about. Well, let me tell you start about a, uh, a friend podcast of ours called of mechs and men. So okay. instead of of mice and men, it's of mechs and men. <laughs> they are a Battletech book club podcast. Now they are reading through the novels starting at the beginning but they are uh, they put out one a week, usually on Wednesdays, and they cover about five chapters at a time. Now, I read way faster than that. So I, I did actually restart the novels, um, but we see each other enough. We can definitely talk about any of the novels <laughs> that, you know, and I can definitely send you some as well sure. uh, to get started on. Yeah. But they are... Uh, they're covering it and they do a fantastic job. One of the guys on the podcast had never read them before. And so they're kind of going through and they're, they're fun to listen to as well. So, cause I know you're a podcast fan, but, but yeah, um, a little bit, like I said, uh, Friday nights are MWO nights, MechWare online nights. And yeah. there are at any given time, five or six different Battletech podcasts represented in the Friday night game nights. Um, and so that's the, that's kind of one of the third things, you know, we've got awesome lore, we've got yeah. pretty good products, especially now. Um, we have a lot of product that you can find on shelves. Um, not just at Target and Barnes and Noble, which Barnes and Noble does carry a good amount of, of product. Uh, but your local game stores, obviously are going to have more and Target just carries the essential box, but Hey, it's a, it's a gateway and they ordered like, I don't know, like 40,000 units of it or something. It was crazy nice. uh, to put in all their stores. Uh, yeah. You know, it was kind of, it was definitely seen as like a big win, right? You know, sure, sure. Sitting next to the D and D essentials box in target uh, <laughs> looks pretty good. So, yeah. <clears throat> oh, that's uh, but yeah, it's going, there's product on, there's product available. Like we went through a time where it was hard to get product, uh, hard to get books, but now it's a fantastic time to get into it because there's so much product available that it's easy to get. It's a lot cheaper than Warhammer or some of the other miniatures games out there. Sure. And the rules haven't changed. So people who played before and came back to it are easily able to, to jump back in and don't have to worry about learning a completely new rule set. Um, and, and bring people with them. So yeah. it's a lot of fun. The community's pretty great. Uh, occasionally, like all communities and all games, uh, you know, in the last five years have had uh, issues yeah. <laughs> uh, with people that get mad at each other for, you know, things outside of the game no and surprise. universe. No uh, imagine, imagine you can know, you know, that what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> yeah. But for the most part, the community is fantastic. Um, it's a lot. It's it's you know welcoming and, like I said, there are so many ways to get into the BattleTech universe. Um, that it's it's a lot of fun. So seems like there's a flavor for everything for everybody. Yep, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, any other thoughts or questions? Uh, I mean, it's it's, it's dangerous. I, I it am is a, dangerous. Uh, <laughs> I am a. Uh, uh, what do you call them? Uh, oh, I, I guess collector. So anytime I yeah. get my hands on anything I can collect, that's why I have like every D&D module, even though I've only played like a third of them. <laughs> that's okay. It's, so this is not good. You just cost me probably a couple hundred it's all good. thousands of dollars. So thanks there, there, You know what? Hey, you can ease into it. Okay. It's very easy. I don't easy. do that. I don't do that. Come on. Come on. Man. I mean, like be better. This, this shirt is actually one of the clan's uh, logos here uh that they are the sea fox oh, clan uh they're all they all have all the clans have totems so there's like ghost bear jade falcon clan wolf smoke I totally jaguar thought, i totally <clears throat> thought that was a playoff of your logo it's not it's not it looks like um it's crazy but there's like this big history right so oh. this clan they were the sea foxes and then uh there was drama with another clan and then they changed their names to the diamond sharks and then in the lore at present time, they went back to the sea foxes. Okay. Uh, and so I was happy because foxes, right? Yeah. Um, color scheme is right on. Color scheme matches too. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm painting some mechs in one of their a very similar color scheme to them. It's kind of a joint faction with some sea foxes in one of the other uh, houses. Sure. Um, and yeah, we like I said, we didn't dive a whole lot into the, the painting of it. Uh, but I mean, they have, uh, you know, back in the day I got them and I got the, you know, the Walmart apple barrel paints and, uh, and painted them horribly. But, uh, now they're, they're paints that do half the work for you and making them table ready is a lot easier to do and they look fantastic. Uh, and it's, it's fun. It is a lot of fun. It's soothing, you know, like I'll just like paint and like listen to a podcast, uh, you know, kind of thing. So very cool. It's good times. Yeah. It's good times for sure. Um, well, Solace, thank you for joining me. This has been fantastic. Yeah. Uh, always great to talk Battletech uh, with new people. You're not even the first person I've talked to uh, this <laughs> year about Battletech. Um, yeah. It's funny. I've actually, I have three coworkers in the last several months that I have convinced to start reading nice. books. Uh, one of them has bought some of the menus and stuff. It's a lot of fun. It really you is. You get you on an affiliate program or something. <laughs> I'm not opposed. <laughs> you partnered no. up the, yeah, it's like I said, it's a lot of fun and, uh, probably, Oh, one thing I will mention too. If you ever read any star Wars books, some of the Star Wars book authors started in Battletech. Oh, interesting. And uh, okay. one of my favorites, Michael Stackpole, his first pr- published novel was a Battletech novel. Uh, he wrote the X-Wing series of books in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, so that's the caliber of fiction that you have to look forward to. Like they are very well, most of them are very well written. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, great continuity. Uh, in the story between them all. So got it. All right. Well now for the, uh, the, the cleanup, right? So if you are just, if you've listened to the end, thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, you can, like I said, always happy to support your friendly local game store. 
But if you don't have that, uh, one of the places you can get Battletech stuff online uh, is our show sponsor, Fortress Miniatures and Games. They are fantastic. There will be a link in the show notes. And um, uh, it's fortressminiaturesandgames.com. Uh, but check them out. They have, they, they always have product coming. They are very fast with shipping and, uh, the owner's super nice, uh, super nice guy. So check them out. They're awesome. And, um, be sure to, uh, you know, they'll generally have what you need. So, um, real quick shout outs, Solis, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, so I run a podcast for Star Citizen. We already covered this at Beyond the Verse. Um, you can follow my socials at forward slash BTV underscore cast. So any socials, you can follow along there. Um, but yeah, that's that's the easiest place to start. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It's a great podcast. Covers Thanks, Star Citizen. Uh, professional grade quality uh, yeah, and, and hosting. Um, but yeah, that and also... You can find him and me together on Tuesday nights. That's right. We play D&D online on Twitch at oh, yeah. twitch.tv slash hearth and hammer. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm the DM. He's one of the players. He's the rogue, the crafty rogue. Um, how, how many episodes? 20, 27. 27. Yeah. Yeah. 27. 27. I, about, I've rolled 1d20. About two hours each. I think you rolled more than that. I, but It's been bad. Dude. I don't know. <laughs> That's okay. Really that's bad. okay. But you had one recently, so that's yes. It's a boost. So For the dumbest reason possible. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. You can find him there. You can also uh, definitely check out the show notes for links to the Mercenary Star podcast socials as well. Give us a follow. Uh, please give us a subscribe and like on YouTube. We broke five hundred subs and. Congrats, man are getting close to our 3000 hours of viewing time. Um, so yeah, please help us out. Give us a sub, hit the notification bell there. Uh, we are also on Instagram and Twitter or X. Uh, you can follow us there. Um, and very soon in the month of February, we will be launching a Patreon. So for anyone asking, about supporting the show, uh, follow our social so that you know when that goes live, uh, and it's going to go towards some cool stuff to help uh, me produce good content for you fine people. So, uh, you know, also have have lots of aspirations for that. So it's going to be fun, um, but I'm not doing it to support myself. It's really just to support the show. Um, I have a great job, and uh, and so don't you know won't be depending upon it for myself. Um, but Solace, thanks for joining. You bet. Um, and for everyone else, uh, thank you for joining as well. Thank you for listening or watching the VOD. You can watch it on YouTube or Spotify actually. Uh, and, uh, look forward to seeing you all next time. So good night and God bless. <laughs>